Good morning. Sunday morning. and gentlemen, and welcome to Wrong Think Radio. I'm your host, Aaron, broadcasting from just outside the nation's capital in beautiful Northern Virginia. And I'm Alan, coming here from the lovely and sunny greater Seattle metropolitan area. Yeah, very sorry to everybody for the uh, long moment of silence we appeared to have there, but I couldn't get the intro to play, and I'm not sure why, but hopefully it works now. Might be a little echoey. Um, we'll, we'll have to see. Uh, I'm not even sure if our uh, microphones are coming across, but it does look like they are. So it looks like everything's good. This is Wrong Think Radio. This is our two-hour live show that we put on every single week to bring you guys our facts and analysis of what we've seen going on in the news and bringing you guys, uh, you know, basically the, the truth, trying to get away from all the propaganda, you know, all the fun buzzwords that are out there, none of which are necessarily bad, but it's just definitely one of those one of those interesting things of just all kind of the BS and, and weirdness. And it's a, it's getting a progressively worse. We're actually at a point uh, now <clears throat> where uh, it, it's actually getting a little difficult uh, to prep the show uh, because we have to like go through what lies <laughs> are the most important to cover Um because there's a lot of them, but we do have uh, something that we don't do a lot on the program, but there's just so many instances of it that we're going to do a little bit of celebrity news, uh, which I did. Yeah, which was always one of those things that I thought was kind of um, dumb. Uh, by that, I mean, it was it was always just like a little annoying uh, on, you know, drive time radio that they would have to cover celebrity news, but I also understand why they did it. So I'm, I'm not dogging on it too much, but these are actually kind of interesting. And the first one that I want to start off with is I'm going to let you guys all in on the conspiracy of Taylor Swift. No. So there was a whole meme about Taylor Swift, like during the Trump years. Um, and it was started by the people I'm going to refer to as the meme war veterans. Uh, they would joke around on social media about how Taylor Swift was like a secret right winger and she was an Aryan goddess, you know, to the alt right and, you know, things like this. And it all started where people on places like Instagram or wherever thought it was hilarious to share like Hitler quotes with a picture of Taylor Swift crediting Hitler quotes to Taylor Swift. And that's just, that's like kind of a normal meme that people will do. Um, and for the most part, it was all just fun joking. It was it was just like little hilarious um, internet trolling. And the main source of the joke is that Taylor Swift's blonde hair, blue eyed, you know, she's she's pretty, she's a pop star. Mm -hmm. So that was that was the entire joke. And everyone got the joke except for the left. Um, left the left could not understand that the entirety of the joke here is that she's a singer songwriter who didn't talk about politics. But point is, um, there was a whole campaign, uh, by the left to basically get her to dispel the rumors that she's a secret neo-Nazi. Uh, and she finally came out basically heading into the 2020, uh, 2020 campaign and had to bend the knee and capitulate, but none of it ultimately mattered because now 
Taylor Swift is being targeted by leftist environmental groups because she has a private jet and she apparently flies in it a lot. And the reality of this story is to welcome you all to another uh, example of the leftist grift. So for a long time, we see groups like BLM and all of these other leftist groups. This really started actually uh, during a lot of the civil rights stuff with things like the Rainbow Coalition and Jesse Jackson and Al Sharpton, where they realized that if they got enough public pressure onto rich people, they would be able to turn around and basically get them to pay them a bunch of money. And so this is where the leftist uh, kind of grift began. And mm -hmm. what's occurring here is all of a sudden, all of these celebrities are being targeted by leftist groups. And the reason why is because the right has basically exited the battle space. If a right winger gets called out by an environmentalist group or by some other social group, they just tell them to go to hell or they use the targeting uh, to basically elevate their platform. And since the right has stepped out, there's all of these, uh, you know, what, what do we want to call them? Basically like 501c3 charities, non-governmental organizations or what have you that have basically made their bread and butter by bitching about their little issue, applying public pressure, and then getting like million dollar payouts from rich people and celebrities and going and buying mansions. But it's not working right. on the right anymore. So now the left has to eat its own. And it's a great example because imagine being Taylor Swift, who finally bent the knee amidst all the public, you know, uh, public pressure that you need to make a political statement and prove to everybody your allegiance to, you know, the global liberal order. And then just a couple of years later, she now is basically being pressured to pay millions of dollars to a bunch of grifters. Now she deserves, you know, every aspect of this harassment because that's what you get for bending the knee to the mob. You proved to them that you would be a target. Yeah. And so I just find it hilarious and I wanted to bring it up. I can hear Alan's annoyance over how much he doesn't care about Taylor Swift. <laughs> it's more, it's, it's just the whole left wing people on the left clutching their pearls at nonsense they see on twitter it just seems it just occupies so much of the discourse it's very tiring no yeah yeah i mean it it, it certainly is and these there's something to be said about how celebrity news is consistently weaponized as a distraction definitely and that's always something that people need to keep a pulse on that was a big thing and one thing that i do like about uh kind of like the the internet right or whatever you want to call it is the fact that they have um they're smart to those tactics. And so like during the whole Johnny Depp, Amber Heard trial, mm -hmm. that was one of the biggest things people were saying is like, what are they distracting us from? And that's a good thing. That's never a bad thing for people to approach it from that, um, from that angle. You know, always look at what they might be trying to distract you from. Now, right. of course, that's us talking about conspiracies. And so with that, you know, we, we have to be a little bit more careful these days uh, talking about conspiracies. This is our other part of celebrity news. We're going to talk about Alex Jones. Oh, no. No, no. 
watch out everybody. Um, so people get very emotional over this subject, uh, mostly because it's, <laughs> let me think of a nice way to say this. People get emotional when talking about Alex Jones because it's super easy. It is like the least controversial thing in the world to hate Alex Jones. You're not a yeah. hero for virtue signaling about how you think Alex Jones is a big, bad man. Like it's so dumb. What we do need to right. look at is this defamation case. And there's a reason why I say this. And I want people to take a second and not be stupid. Um, when you realize what's really going on here, this is the first instance that I can think of where a person is being held uh, liable for defamation because of the actions of another person under the guise of misinformation. That's the case. I need everyone to understand that is the case. The case is is that Alex Jones talked about Sandy Hook and he talked about the he talked about how he thought it might be a false flag or at least you know, there's, there's a lot of debate on what he actually said and nobody shares clips on the internet. So I, I don't know. Um, but at the end of the day, there was discussion about whether or not Sandy Hook was a false flag. So the government could use it as an excuse to seize your weapons. And then some other people purportedly listeners of Alex Jones. I don't know because I have no idea who these people are. I have no idea if they've been charged with anything. I've never heard the names, none of it, uh, apparently harassed the families of children that were killed at Sandy Hook. So there are people who did bad things, but this trial is that Alex Jones talking about a thing led to those people doing bad things. And he is therefore liable. And the judgment has been, mm. uh, the judgment was pushed of $45 million. Now, you know, we, we need to be truthful here because we're not the left-wing media. It's actually 1.5 million. For some of you who paid attention to the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard trial, you all learned about what's known as a compensatory cap. And Texas has a compensatory cap. They ruled $45 million. It's actually 1.5 million because it can only be $750,000 per person. Right. So... The media is going to run around screeching $45 million. It's actually $1.5 million is what it's going to total out to be. By the way, uh, for, for those of you who might not like Alex Jones or what have you, he's not going anywhere. This did not end his career. He's not going to jail because this was not a criminal trial. Doesn't matter. The fact of it is, is there are people on the right that need to realize that Alex Jones has consistently been the canary in the coal mine. Every time that something has happened to Alex Jones and you get all these people that want a virtue signal about how he's a big, bad man, it's only a few months later that we start seeing the exact same tactics being used against other people. And then a bunch of pearl clutching from the same commentators going, my God, how have we reached this? Uh, how have we reached this avenue in modern day America? Specifically right. things like deplatforming. That all happened to Alex Jones first, and then it started happening to every person on the right. The same thing with financial uh, refusal. When banks started refusing to carry someone's account, same thing happened. 
and tech companies refusing to carry somebody's website, refusing to you know host any of their infrastructure. All of that happened to Alex Jones before it started happening to any of these other people. And it's weird how stupid people are to not realize he's the canary in the coal mine. Yeah. Well, and a lot of this whole defamation case hinges on Alex Jones said mean things that made the parents sad. Yes. Well, tough shit. I'd say, sorry that your children died, but that's, that's not how we do things here. I don't, I don't care if Alex Jones said things. I don't care if he accused things. Defamation cases, I think, are almost always just a way for someone to either get revenge, to get money, or and it's never about what they actually say it's about. Mm-hmm. A lot of these parents say, oh, he needs to be held accountable for the irresponsible things he said. Oh, boo-hoo. He said a bunch of stuff. He can say a bunch of stuff. And anyone that disagrees with his right to say a bunch of stuff are the same people that are trying to take away all of our other rights. The, Alex Jones is targeted by the same people that have pushed all sorts of other nonsense on us that lie every single day. And pretty much at this point, anytime someone attacks him, I have to question their motives. Yeah. Alex Jones, Alex Jones said that Alex Jones said the shooting might be a false flag. Well, is that impossible? How do we know it's not? Oh, he's the, the, we don't like Alex Jones because he was lying about Sandy Hook. Was he? How do we know? I was told that it was a lie. It was a dangerous misinformation. Anyone that's saying that the Wuhan vi- the virus, the COVID virus came from Wuhan, that was dangerous misinformation. And you need to be deplatformed just like Alex Jones. Mm-hmm. If you said the COVID vaccine doesn't protect you from COVID, that was dangerous misinformation. That was a dangerous lie and you need to be kicked off social media. If you said something like, I think the 2020 election might have been a bit fraudulent, that's dangerous and irresponsible misinformation, and you need to be silenced for that. So I kind of think anytime someone is trying to silence anyone anymore, it's almost always because that thing is true. Now, I don't know whether or not Sandy Hook is true, is not is a false flag or not. I don't necessarily think it is, reading up on the events, but... The idea that you could be that you should be silenced for merely suggesting that major things in the news are actually a lie seems like exactly what the kind of people telling these lies want us to think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that this was the this was the situation that someone was able to seize upon, and by that yeah. I mean understand. I don't like. Is it? I haven't. I haven't dove into this trial because to be honest, I, I don't care. Like I just, I, I can't, I can't describe how little I don't care about getting involved because people are too emotional. I can't, I can't even do basic research on it. I can't even ask basic questions uh, like a normal person because I have to get all the screeching whatever about like, but oh my God, the mean stuff and oh, these poor people. Like, yeah, I get it. I, I get it. But there are legitimate questions that need to be asked and you're not allowed to ask them. So to Alan's point, that's another sign of things. Now, I'm not suggesting anything about Sandy Hook. I'm going to say that um, I do find it very, very weird that for somebody who's supposed to be this crazy conspiracy theorist who's just completely batshit and shouldn't be taken seriously at all, there's a lot of very powerful people who really want him gone. 
Now, whether or not that validates anything that Alex Jones says, I don't know. But he's this, by the way, this certainly isn't going to hurt him. And by yeah. that, I mean, he's going to be able to turn and say, here are all of the like uber rich liberal people that supported this case against me. Obviously, they're afraid. Like People don't seem to understand that that's how like conspiracy stuff works. If you start attacking a guy and spending a ton of money and a ton of media resources to go after somebody who, by the way, is in like such a dark corner of the internet, it, it kind of may, it's like, it's not crazy to be like, wow, uh, really powerful people want Alex Jones silenced. He must be saying something important. Yeah, exactly. But, and I just, it's, it is unfortunate what happened to this at Sandy Hook and it happened to these parents, but if the, but it is much more dangerous to set the precedent that questioning the official narrative can result in a defamation lawsuit. That yeah. seems like exactly like what, that's exactly what we don't want. Well, and uh, these parents should have, these parents should have seen Alex Jones's show. Maybe they should, could have responded to it. They could have done a number of things trying to, take him to court and sue him for defamation to ruin Infowars with the intent of taking it off the air. That puts them in the camp of our enemies. Well, and Unwittingly, I, and you know, they, they didn't know what they were doing, but that is a tactic used that only benefits the people that are essentially the enemies of Liberty. I'm, I'm almost certain that uh, there's some lawyer who's being funded by some someone else yeah. uh, that is really pushing all of this and the parents are just kind of along for the ride. Yeah. Because really what should have happened if the parents were all upset action would have been taken against the people that say harass these parents. I bet if you looked into the background of this trial it would only be some very well financed liberal activist group approached the parents and said hey if you sign on, get on board, we can ruin Alex Jones. They started with the, they, they were, I'm sure it would be ridiculous to think based on how Alex Jones has been deplatformed by all these other organizations, by all across all this media sphere, that there was not liberal activists out there looking for any way they could bring down him and his show. Mm -hmm. And if the liberal activists hate something, chances are it's probably something that benefits us. Well, and, and beyond that, does this mean that turnaround is fair play? For example, yeah. can uh, Steve Scalise sue MSNBC because Keith Hodgkinson kept sharing a bunch of MSNBC articles uh, before he decided to go out and try to assassinate Republican Congress members grievously wounding Steve Scalise? Does that mean that Steve Scalise can now sue MSNBC for encouraging violence against Republicans. Can Donald Trump sue literally the entire mainstream media for lying about Russian collusion? Can he do yep. that? Uh, can can, can uh, any... Sorry, can, can Brett Kavanaugh sue the mainstream media for encouraging a man to attempt... Uh, uh, to encourage a man attempting to assassinate him and his family or for false rape allegations 
There, there, there's a question. Can Brett Kavanaugh sue Christine Blasey Ford for false rape allegations? Mm -hmm. For defamation, for millions. Can he sue Christine Blasey Ford for millions of dollars for defamation and sue, uh, well, actually, that, that, that would be it right there. How about Brett Kavanaugh sues Christine Blasey Ford for defamation because a guy tried to assassinate him and was probably encouraged by the false rape allegations made by Christine Blasey Ford? That'd be, yeah, turn it on fair play. Same thing. Any business owner. And can the business owner and family, can the family members of the people that were killed during the Black Lives Matter riots of 2020 sue Black Lives Matter, the organization, for its lies about race relations in the United States? That, that's the, I mean, that's, that's more egregious than anything Alex Jones did because they were actively campaigning for attacks on white people. Mm -hmm. Is that, is that the precedent that's been set here? Because I, I guarantee you, it's not right. And one, that, and that's that's the that's the real, you know, end result is like if Keith Olbermann or MSNBC were sued for these things, one, it would never enter a courtroom, and the same virtue signally idiots on the right that wanted to show everybody how how good a person they are would suddenly start talking about how chilling a case like this would be for the First Amendment. Exactly. And I think that's what makes this Alex Jones case to me a lot more egregious. I don't necessarily care too much about Alex Jones, but what is the most irritating to me is people on the right that are supposedly my allies lining up to criticize and attack Alex Jones simply because it is they think it is socially fashionable to do so. If if I sued Black Lives Matter, if I sued MSNBC, if I sued any of these people that actively are seriously that are actively trying to sink and destroy this country in the same precedent using the same precedent this case sets how many people on the right my supposed friends and allies would line up to attack to attack me for violating the sacredness of free speech but yet they won't stand up for the sacredness of free speech for Alex Jones because right. Alex Jones to them is a social pariah and that will make it so that they don't get invited to their fancy parties with liberals anymore if they promote free speech for Alex Jones. Yeah. No, and I mean... And mm -hmm. the other most annoying thing, annoying thing about this is it's a civil case. And people, a lot of people say, well, it's not like the government's silencing Alex Jones. <laughs> it's de facto. It, it is, you are de facto stripping away the right to free speech in this country because you are establishing the precedent that you can sue people frivolously for defamation. That yeah. being able to sue frivolously for defamation means that the people that are able to afford lawyers can speak freely and no one else can. Yeah. And, and I mean, it's, it's, it's the new thing. So j just brace yourselves, everybody. I mean, like I said, this isn't even necessarily a whole like shill thing for Alex Jones. It's just this precedent has been set. And as we've said, he is the canary in the coal mine you're going to see this continue. You are going yeah. to, this is, this is going to be, uh, we're just letting everyone know this is a new battle space for the right because it's going to happen to other people. 
This this right. isn't going to stop at Alex Jones. There is now going to be an entire army of litigation against every conservative host. And like, well, actually, I'm I'm just I'm just going to lay it out here. I'll I'll do it as a prediction. Tucker Carlson is next. There will oh, be okay. a defamation case against Tucker Carlson because somebody somewhere is going to do a thing. And they're going to blame it on Tucker Carlson, and then they are going to try to sue him, and they're going to try to get rid of him. That is yeah. that is all this was. This whole Alex Jones case was a test of the water to see whether or not they could get away with it, and then people you actually like are going to be uh, targeted next, and then everyone's going to act surprised. And we're just we're letting you all know right now, don't be surprised because we all saw this coming. It's just that the, you know, plenty of other commentators were a little too afraid to sound supportive because they are going to get, you know, even members of their yeah. audience are going to get all emotional and talk about how big, bad and awful it was and blah, blah, blah. And that, that was the point. The whole reason why they picked Alex Jones for this kind of tactic was that was the point because you wouldn't be able to actually talk about the facts or the potential follow-on consequences of these types of things because you'd be too busy debating whether or not it was a nice thing that he did. That's the end result. Yeah. So anyway, uh, the last little bit of celebrity news, which is fun, interesting, but also annoying Brittany Griner, the WNBA ba uh, basketball player uh, who nobody ever heard of um, until now, uh, has been sentenced to nine years in prison for THC possession uh, because she was found to be carrying a THC vape while she was visiting Russia. Now, in all fairness, this is actually a very excessive, this is excessively punitive even by Russian standards, but those are the consequences that occur from foreign policy decisions that are made by the United States and other countries. Those are just the, that's the fact of how the world works. Now, in all fairness, I do think that it is the government's job to try to get its citizens out of foreign prisons. I agree with all of those things. Right. At the same time, I would be remiss if I didn't point out that if this wasn't a gay black female basketball player, you would have never yeah. heard about this story. This That's wouldn't be national news. And those are just the facts. The media wouldn't care if it was Tom Jones from, you know, Skokie who got arrested with a THC vape any, anywhere but Russia. You know what I mean? Like this wouldn't be national news. There wouldn't be a lot of pressure. That's like them's the breaks. Uh, it's because she checks all the diversity boxes. And I have to point out the weirdness that it wasn't that long ago that athletes using weed was like a big deal. People lost medals. Yeah. People lost standing in hall in the Hall of Fame because they used marijuana and everyone's just going to act like, like tons of these people are going to act like they didn't advocate against athletes using any sort of drugs at all. And by the way, it is hilarious because for those of you who don't remember, one of the big reasons why Russia's not allowed to be represented at the Olympics is because of performance enhancement, because of supposedly blood doping and drugs and things like that. And then an athlete from the United States is caught with drugs in Russia. The irony 
is hilarious. We all clutched our pearls over the potential drug use of Russia, and they should be stripped out. You know, the athletic community is clean. How dare you? Oh my God, we have to get this WNBA star who was smoking weed. You know, we have to get her back to America. This is such a just, it, it's abhorrent how Russia's acting. There, do you guys not understand that Russia is making a meme out of you right now? I, th I think a lot of our audience probably does understand. But to be as as every foreign country appears to be doing during the Biden administration, they are going to pull Biden's pants down around his ankles and show his ass to the world because they are going to exchange Brittany Griner. She's going to come back to the United States, probably to a hero's welcome and to be fair to very much brand recognition because people finally know who she is. Um, but to do so, Russia is going to force the United States to hand over one of the most prolific weapons traffickers in the world. Yeah. And yeah, they're, they're, good. they're doing that specifically to show Biden's ass. That's why they're doing it. Right. Right. So it was reported by CNN that is a basically prisoner trade, uh, Russia would trade Brittany Griner for arms dealer Victor Bout, who the movie Lord of War is based on, <laughs> currently sitting in the U.S. prison. Which is a great movie, by the way. That was a great movie. So, yeah. So, uh, and it, which is, it's like, we're going to, so wait, we're trading a international arms dealer for some dumb athlete who thought she could smuggle weed into Russia. Yeah. Now, it, it, well, what? Fantastic. I'm so glad, as with, as I'm increasingly, increasingly coming to the conclusion, I'm so glad that all the bumper stickers I saw were right. And we voted any adult in, in 2020. <laughs> now, don't, don't worry, everybody. Trump's gone. The adults are back in charge, making a good adult decisions that are pragmatic and smart. Now, don't get me wrong. Like I said, I do think that it is the government's job to advocate for getting their citizens out of foreign prisons. I still, and I, I'm not going to debate the value, uh, you know, like the idea of like, oh, is this worth um, trading a, a weapons dealer for? I, I, that's a little, it's not a great debate because the question is, is like, you know, should, should, should we just leave this person in a Russian prison uh, because we don't like the other person that's going to be traded? Well, if, to be honest, if that's the debate that you want to have, if that's the discussion you want to have, you need to ask yourself why our relations are so poor that we have to elevate it all the way to weapons trafficker just to get a WNBA yeah. person who was carrying a THC vape out of a prison. Right. That is this, the consequence of bad foreign policy. Right. This, so, yeah, it, it's not, it's not the, is it valuable for us to trade this person for that person? That's a silly debate. The re, The reality of this situation is because of Biden's garbage foreign policy and virtue signaling anger about Russia just to appease his base, we now have to trade a weapons trafficker to get Brittany Griner home.
We have to do that because Biden sucks so bad. It's Biden and it's the entire Democrat Party and it's all the neocon Republicans. Yeah. They're all they're all in cahoots to make American foreign policy a ridiculous schizophrenic shit show. <laughs> that's that's probably the best definition I've heard for basically the neoliberal foreign policy and uh and neoconservative foreign policy is just a schizophrenic shit show. Well, it's and it's ridiculous. And and the idea that it's like no country on the face of the planet, like America has no moral authority on anything anymore. It's like, I don't see Vladimir Putin's kids out doing meth and banging every Ukrainian hooker they can find. It's like, I don't, so I just, what, 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 what do we even have to lecture them on anymore? Like, oh, the rule of law in Russia. Like, I don't know, the January 6th people who've been sitting in jail for over a year, one of which just committed suicide, the conditions are so bad. They might have something to, they, they, they might stack up against the idea that America is a land of freedom and liberty compared to Russia. Well, I mean, the vice president of the United States held people in jail over marijuana possession when she was the district attorney of California and was investigated because she basically was keeping people in jail longer so they could profit off of their labor and then laughed on a podcast about how she smoked weed. Right. But but she's she's also on news channels now virtue signaling about how it's just so egregious on what Russia's doing to Brittany Griner. It's like you did the same thing to citizens in California. Sit down. And 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 like yeah. you know, and, and this is what's gonna be interesting is are you gonna bring her back and then suddenly turn around and like throw legislation out that's gonna release a bunch of people that are held in jail in America for no. Um, marijuana possession? I guarantee you they are not. Probably because they're not black, lesbian, WNBA stars. So, sucks to suck, I guess, regular American citizens sitting in jail for the exact same thing. Yeah. I, I, guess, I guess you should have been more woke. <laughs> um, <laughs> so... One of the other, uh, I'm going to call this celebrity news for fun. It's really not. It's getting into actual, the serious stuff um, for the program. But uh, Biden has pushed back the signing of the PACT Act. But weirdly, John Stewart's nowhere to be found. So uh, we covered this yeah. last week where the PACT Act suddenly had $400 billion uh, thrown on the backs of veterans by Democrats so they could have another $400 billion that they could just spend with, you know, complete abandon. Um, and I'm going to consistently say it that way, $400 billion on the backs of veterans. They crammed it in. It's called an earmark. They crammed it in there for their liberal projects on the backs of veterans. And John Stewart was there to remind Americans how evil Republicans were because they didn't want to give 
a bunch of liberals a $400 billion payday on the backs of veterans because none of that money had anything to do with veterans. It had nothing to do with burn pits. It had nothing to do with toxic exposure. It had literally zero to do with any of that. It was a $400 billion payday. But John Stewart was there to tell everybody how evil the Republicans were because they were delaying this much needed help for veterans. And veterans were literally going to die because of the delay. But Biden has pushed the signing back two days um, and is going to sign it on Wednesday for reasons. And uh, where's Jon Stewart talking about how awful that is? Why isn't he screaming on the steps of the Capitol right now because of the delay? We all know why. Because it's always political. And as a veteran, I am so exhausted at being used as a pawn for money laundering by the government elite. Yeah. I'm tired of it. You, you did, Pat Toomey got a lot of heat. And by the way, the Republicans caved. They ended up voting for this. Now, ultimately, they, they all supported this bill. And it was, it's okay to support it. It was the right thing to do. And how dare, by the way, just real quick, how dare Chuck Schumer go onto the floor of the Senate and say, finally, we've passed this much needed care for veterans. How long have you been in the Senate, asshole? You could have passed this at any time. Most of you dickheads have been there for decades. The president of the United States spent 47 years in the United States Senate. How dare you sit there and say, we're finally getting veterans the help they need. Literally any of you could have passed a bill to cover this years ago and didn't. How dare you act like you're doing us a favor? Yeah. I mean, for God's sakes, everybody knew about toxic exposure from Vietnam. Agent Orange has yeah. been widely, it was a meme for Christ's sakes. Oh, but we're all supposed to thank you that in 2020, or sorry, in 2022, you're doing something about it. Fuck you. This was all nonsense for you to use veterans as pawns. Look at how nice we are to our veterans. Go to hell. Go to hell, every single one of you. Go straight to hell. You could have done something about this a long time ago. You didn't. You're only doing it because you wanted to bring up veterans because the midterms are coming up and you still couldn't help yourself but to cram $400 billion of random liberal spending into it. You can all just go to hell. I am not your fucking pawn for your dumb money laundering schemes. I'm so tired right. of you pretending you give a damn. You don't and we all know it. There's not a single veteran out there that can honestly say that they think the Democrat Party is really the supportive group when it comes to troops and veterans. You all called us white supremacists and racists just a year ago. You literally chased out a bunch of veterans and took away people's retirement because they weren't getting COVID vaccinations. Yeah. What's more egregious? What's more egregious? Not adding a bunch of new government spending to cover some health stuff like okay that's not great or kicking out a bunch of actively serving military members and people and stripping them of their retirement benefits yeah. because they won't take your experimental stupid vaccine that doesn't work 
I care way more about that than I care about any additional benefits for already separated veterans. It's like, yeah. shoot, most people that are affected by, say, burn pits, things like that, haven't, have been out of the military for almost or over a decade now. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it'd be great to help those people. But the fact that you're so you're screwing so many, so many more people who are still in, still trying to serve, that's such a bigger slap in the face to the military and veteran community than any amount of additional, than not passing any amount of additional spending for some health benefits. Mm -hmm. And the fact that they're trying to cover it up and be as, well, you know, we're just, you know, you, they just don't like veterans. That's why they don't like this. Is it's, it's all egregious. I don't like these people anyway. I can't, I don't know many, many veterans who are Democrats. I don't know many of them. And so no matter if they pass this bill or not, I, I and many veterans would still look at these people and go, oh, you've approved of some spending for veteran health benefits. You're still trying to take our guns and destroy the country. So I don't really care what you pass. You're still the enemy. Mm -hmm. No, and that's, I mean, that's exactly it. And it's just, it is, uh, it's very obnoxious, but yeah, like, like I said, once again, you know, where's John Stewart screeching about the uh, delay? And it's because it was never about that because it never is. Um, now, uh, in addition to those things, um, there was another vote. The uh, r randomly, <laughs> randomly, the um, Congress decided to kind of work during the weekend, and that was because uh, they they've been having. Um, they've been having a very bad time and the Democrats are trying to rehabilitate Biden's image because his poll numbers are the worst for any president in this time in their term. Um, but additionally, uh, they're kind of, well, they're, they're doing the normal lie dance that they always do, right? We weren't going to, uh, inflation was going to be transitory, but now there's obviously crippling inflation. We're not in a recession, even though we are, um, but apparently Democrats decided that getting, uh, pushing through this new inflation reduction act, because I don't know about you guys, but economically, when I've thought about, man, uh, the, when I think about, wow, the economy's doing poorly, you know, what we need more government intervention. That's always been a good solution. Um, yeah. but there's this, uh, there's this dumb thing, I guess, called the Inflation Reduction Act. That's a whole, uh, Joe Manchin was involved in it, which by the way, for those of you who've been regular listeners to our podcast, I warned all of you that Joe Manchin was still a Democrat and you should know. Uh, but then people were all shocked. I can't believe that Joe Manchin's acting like a Democrat. But him and Joe Biden got together and decided that they were going to pass this Inflation Reduction Act because government spending apparently reduces inflation because we live in clown world. But there were some amendments. And let's talk a little bit about these amendments, because remember, uh, there has been a lot of analysis about this act. And the claim that the Republicans are making is that it is going to increase taxes across the board. This is going right. to increase taxes across the board on all Americans, which we're in a recession. And I don't think I need to tell people how bad of an idea it is to increase taxes on people. But 
interestingly enough, let's uh, take a listen to Barack Obama's opinion about taxes during a recession. Maybe if I can get the internet to work. Well, it appears I can't. Uh, Barack Obama, back in uh, 2009, said, you don't raise taxes in the middle of a recession, which is kind of a duh statement, but, you know, he's supposed to, he's the smartest president we've ever had, and we're so lucky to have had him, according to the left. Um, so I, I guess I'm confused. I guess it's okay to raise taxes on people. And now maybe you're asking, um, here, here's, sorry, here's that clip. I'm going to get it to work. Damn it. Normally you don't raise taxes in recession. You don't raise taxes in a recession. The last thing you want to do is to raise taxes in the middle of uh, a recession. Okay. Well, there you go. You know, the smartest man in the world ever. We were so lucky to have had him, um, says don't raise taxes in the middle of a recession, but we are going to raise taxes. This has been proven by several different groups have shown that this is going to raise taxes across the board. And here's how the Biden administration responds when asked about these different groups that have said this is going to absolutely increase inflation and it's absolutely going to raise taxes on all Americans. This is the wonderful snarky response that we've come to enjoy uh, from the liberal media. Uh, this is Corinne Jean-Pierre, uh, who is just so terrible at her job. I mean, is President Biden thinking about pulling his support for the Inflation Reduction Act? No. Because he promised it wasn't going to make, it wasn't going to raise taxes on anybody making less than $400,000 a year, but the Joint Committee on Taxation says that is not true. Well, that is incorrect. So the Joint Committee on Taxation, which you guys heralded as a, an effective body when you were selling that infrastructure, package is not to be trusted here. I said it is not correct because sorry. Uh I did a little loop through. Um yeah, it's just that's no, no, we that's that's not true. It's incorrect. Nope. It was the same thing that we saw with recession. Like, hey, the definition of recession is two consecutive quarters of negative growth. No, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> no uh no it's not. I know you are, but what am I? <laughs> but <clears throat> so that was a thing now interestingly this isn't supposed to raise taxes you guys just heard those claims right um right. interestingly the uh part of this bill hires eighty-seven thousand new irs agents that's a lot of IRS agents. That's a yeah, that's yeah, that, that's an army. <laughs> what? Why do you need eighty-seven thousand IRS agents if you're not increasing taxes? I don't understand. That's a really good point. You're going to have to raise taxes to pay those people. <laughs> well, and this is what's interesting is um, Senator Michael Crapo. Uh, sorry, Senator Michael Crapo. Crapo, maybe I'm going to say Crapo. Uh, who's a Republican from Idaho, wrote an amendment to this bill, and it was to limit the 87,000 new IRS agents to auditing, uh, to only auditing companies or individuals with incomes of $400,000 or more. Based on what Joe Biden has said, and based on what the Democrats have said, 
this should be fine, right? Yep. It failed. Every single, every single Democrat voted against an amendment saying that the 87,000 new IRS agents should only be focused on auditing those who make $400,000 or more. Right. Now, according to Democrat Senator Ben, this is what Democrat Senator Ben Cardin had to say when he was asked about this on Fox News this morning. There, 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 there. Can you understand how 87,000 new IRS agents would scare the heck out of millions of Americans? Millions of Americans aren't going to be impacted by that other than getting better service from the IRS, having their telephone answer, getting the questions they need in order to comply with our tax laws. The auditing is going to be focused on those of high income, the large corporations, etc. So uh, there's no reason to be fearful. And if you have paid your taxes and if you comply with our laws, you should want to make sure everyone else does that. There. Can you understand how? Wait a minute. These agents are going to be focused on large companies and, and, you know, high income individuals. And why did you vote against an amendment that stated that? And also, does anybody believe for a second that we're going to get better service out of a government organization? Yeah, I'm doubtful. Yeah, like, oh, we're, we're, we're going to get these 87,000 new IRS agents because your service is going to get better. Well, nobody believes that. <laughs> Like the government has grown consistently throughout my life, and never once have I turned around and said, "Man, it's gotten better." I tell some... you what would be better: hmm. uh, keep the IRS resources the same, drag, drop taxes for normal people, keep the taxes for corporations. Then you can redirect all those resources that are currently being deployed to ensure the. Ta- how about how about that? How about you just ensure to take all the uh, IRS agents that are currently auditing individual people? And you just put them to auditing big corporations. The amount of money you're going to generate from auditing normal individual people is probably pales in comparison to what you could generate auditing large companies. Oh yeah, yeah. Like I mean, it's funny because people are um, people on social media keep sharing a fun meme where it shows like the eleven million dollars that like Hunter Biden randomly got from I don't know some foreign influence scheme that he has going on. Um, and then it's like the IRS not paying attention, but if somebody makes one cent over $600 on Venmo, the IRS is knocking on their door. And that's true. One of the biggest pushes that we've seen come out of the internal revenue service is how upset they are over money sharing applications like cash app or Venmo, or people who are trading on things like Robinhood. Or just doing like basically, uh, what's the term that they use? Retail investments. The IRS is like going ham on those people. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that's a, that. Obviously, you know, you don't hire eighty-seven thousand new IRS agents unless you're obviously going to be weaponizing the IRS. And there are a lot of people that are reminding everyone of Lois Lerner. And the targeting of conservative groups under the Obama administration by the IRS. That happened. Yep. That 100% happened. And it yep. was it was found to be true. Um, My guess is this entire move to expand the IRS is simply so they can do that more effectively and ensure that they can stifle any dissent. 
Yeah. Oh, they, yeah. <laughs> uh, these new IRS agents probably aren't going to be used to just audit random people. I'm sure it's going to be entirely focused on groups that the federal government deems unseemly. Now, these 87,000 IRS agents are going to cost the American people $80 billion. And I'm sorry, $80 billion? $80 billion. Now, additionally, for some reason, they're also buying more guns and ammunition. The IRS? Yeah. You may not know this. <laughs> You may not know this. So they're hiring special so they're hiring special agents. Yeah. That's my first thought when you brought this up, but I didn't I didn't know this part. So they're hiring special agents to basically kick down people's doors. Yeah. Yeah. So the every single US government uh bureaucracy, almost all of every agency, they all have a cadre of special agents with law enforcement powers. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. That's that's not crazy. The IRS expanding that means that this is not simply, oh, it's just a bunch of auditors. It's just a bunch of people sitting behind a desk, just tapping in the keyboard, making sure all these records are fine. That means it's much more militant. And buying guns means, well, because it, buying guns means you need someone to give those guns to. And it it certainly sounds a lot like this is a plan to Use the IRS as a arm of the federal government to harass and lean on people who you find politically uh, inconvenient. Yeah. And um, I mean, there's something like 2,500 um, 2500 armed IRS special agents, as, as Alan just explained. Uh, they have approximately 4,000 weapons at their disposal, but the IRS is also stockpiling about 5 million rounds of ammunition. Yeah. I guess I'm always a little wary on the rounds of ammunition question. Yeah, yeah. Because it's not ridiculous to think that if you were a law enforcement agency, you would buy a massive bulk deal on ammunition it's like well before when i buy two thousand rounds of every ammunition the people at work are aghast like oh my god why do you need so many bullets I'm like well you know if you buy them yeah. in bulk it's just cheaper no no you're you're not wrong especially because uh i i almost guarantee that the irs had to get it at a discount before uh democrats find a way to make it cost an obscene amount of money well yeah i, I don't sure. know i don't know if that's necessarily true because i've never seen the government try to save money but to your point you're, you're not wrong that is um, it takes a lot of ammunition. You need to train, you need to have it. You always have a stockpile, but you're, you are not incorrect in the idea that the amount of ammunition is not necessarily, um, that doesn't necessarily lead to one thing or another. But with that being said, there are a lot of people that are a little surprised to find out that there are armed IRS agents. They do appear to be increasing, um, some of that. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I do find it a little uh, questionable. I, I do mm -hmm. think that it is worth uh, some scrutiny that they're hiring all of these new agents, even though they're not increasing taxes, they seem to be increasing some of the armament of the IRS 
I think that it is legitimate for us to be concerned, given the track record of the Democrat Party, it is legitimate for us to be concerned uh, that they may target us uh, and that the IRS uh, might be weaponized against um, the enemies of the Biden administration because they've already done that before. Yeah. So Very true. Yeah. Now, speaking of the weaponization, let's get into um, our, our big story for this week. Uh, I have a theory, and I haven't heard anyone really talk about this. So first, let me present you with um, Revolver News did a very big article uh, around the DNC pipe bomber. That was the pipe bomb that was placed outside the Democrat National Committee headquarters in Washington, D.C. You all might not remember this story. I mean, you, you probably remember it now, but you know you haven't heard a lot about it. There's an entire committee that's supposed to be investigating uh, the, the events of January 6th, yet for some strange reason, we haven't heard a lot about this pipe bomber. You know, somebody put a bomb outside the Democrat headquarters, uh, but that person isn't being hunted down. They're not public enemy number one. Nobody knows who this person is. And it's very rarely talked about in the liberal media. Strange, right? right? Very strange. Well, one of the additional questions that came out of this Revolver News article by Darren Beatty is, number one, um, just looking at the camera angles that exist, the where the cameras are, um, he asks the simple question of why isn't the FBI sharing more information about this pipe bomber? They would have a better shot of the person's face. Why aren't we seeing the January 6th committee presenting the identity or at least pictures of this person saying anyone who has any information on this person, you no know, contact law enforcement. There doesn't seem to be any of that going on. And there's crucial footage that the FBI is not sharing with the public and there's zero explanation as to why. But mm. it gets more interesting because this pipe bomb was planted at around eight o'clock in the it was like 7:50 in the evening on January 5th. Kamala Harris the next day was at the DNC headquarters with a full Secret Service security detail who never found this pipe bomb. It was found later. When was the pipe bomb found? It was found later in the day. I don't have the exact times in front of me, but it was found later in the day. It was not discovered until after Kamala Harris was no longer at the DNC. Interesting. Now, that isn't... Now, let's enter into my theory. One of the pearl-clutching things that we keep seeing from the media um, is this idea that the Secret Service text messages have been erased. They cannot get a hold. The government, apparently, can't get a hold of text messages among Secret Service agents from the time around January 5th and January 6th because Democrats wanted to take a look at the text messages uh, because of some of the uh, some of some of the witness testimony about Trump being super mean to Secret Service agents, yeah. So they wanted to take a look at text messages to see what kind of stuff the Secret Service was talking about, and apparently they can't 
They can't find them. They've been erased. Now, I got a lot of blowback on Twitter when I suggested that this absolutely confirms to me that there's a Democrat conspiracy somewhere. This was prior to the uh, pipe bomb story, by the way. I just said, well, this is evidence of a Democrat conspiracy somewhere because if it hurt Trump, we would 100% see those text messages. They'd already be out. They'd be plastered everywhere. It'd be leaked by the New York Times and the January 6th committee would be going nuts because there's zero way, zero way that the Democrat party goes out screaming to America that there was an attempted coup against the United States, the worst attack since the Civil War, and they didn't get text messaging from the president's security detail. There's zero yeah. way that they don't that they haven't already taken a look at this. There's zero way that they didn't try to already get it. There's zero way. But the reason why you're not hearing about it certainly is because it would hurt the Democrats, not Trump. If it would hurt, I'm telling you again, if it would hurt Trump, it would already be known. It would already be out there. It would already be plastered over Absolutely. every single media outlet. Absolutely. So, uh, so there are actually, it's not just the Secret Service. There mm -hmm. are three government agencies, all of whom it has come to light, have deleted, have deleted the text messages of top officials on their official government phones around the January 6th. It's the DOD the Department of Homeland Security, and the Secret Service. All three have been found to have deleted telephone records around the January 6th period. Well, I, I mean- All of this is also in violation of the Federal Records Act. But of course. You know, that's only, laws are only as good as the people that are able to enforce them. Well, now, now that's, these are obviously, you know, uh, hugely uh, Trump uh, sympathetic organizations that mm -hmm. must be that must be the case right they they deleted these text messages because um you know all of these agencies are just full of trump supporters just crawling with trump supporters because we've never seen these agencies be weaponized against trump they've always been super loyal right right i mean i believe the dod around january 6th the dod top was a top, either top top uh, at the Pentagon, maybe it was the Joint Chiefs. I think it was the Joint Chiefs. The Joint Chiefs published a series of sort of declarations saying, we don't support, if the president wants to, basically signaling that they were not with the president of the United States. It's like, if the president wants the DOD to act and have a coup, we're not going to go for it. And everyone went, I'm, did the president ask you that? What's going on? Why would you feel the need to say something so ridiculous? Well, and, and now, just so people are aware, this is predicated because people like Bill Kristol and the Never Trumpers over at Lincoln Project, as well as um, a bunch of Democrat groups, were writing a bunch of opinion pieces about how Donald Trump could potentially use the military to perform a coup. Let me remind you. So the Pentagon had to write a letter saying that they would not go along with an attempted coup by the president. This was months before January 6th. Um, yeah. They said that they wouldn't go along with it because the Democrats and the media were trying to scare people into saying that Trump was going to use the military to perform a coup. Interesting how this all seems to pan out, right? We've, we've pointed this out before. We have pointed yeah. out that this was a a constant thing that the Democrats were claiming was going to happen, and then magically it happened, but it totally wasn't a you know psyop conducted by these organizations. So 
but real quick, the Democrats were super worried about the Department of Defense being used in an armed insurrection against the United States of America, but they didn't monitor the text messages of that organization prior. Yep. They didn't ask for those text messages immediately after the events of January 6th. Yeah, I, I don't buy it yeah. at all. I, I bet they do have them. And I bet that there's a bunch of collusion amidst Democrat lawmakers and these organizations, like the Department of Homeland Security, who, by the way, would have been part of the response network for what was going on during January 6th, the Department of Defense, who could have deployed you know, troops or what have you, because, by the way, it was requested by Donald Trump to uh, General Mike Milley. Um, mm -hmm. All of these things, you know, all these organizations would have been involved. How much do you want to bet the reason why we don't see the text messages is because a bunch of powerful and prominent Democrats and probably some Republicans who decided that they were going to go against Trump um, were all coordinating together to cause some bullshit, um, probably a claim an insurrection happened so nobody would be talking about how absolutely weird and questionable the election was. This entire January 6th event was a deflection from people asking questions about what the hell happened during the election. Yeah, because January 6th was a coup by the Democrats to take over the country. And I am certain that if you had these text messages, what the story you would read out of them would be top Democrats communicating with generals, with top people of the Department of Homeland Security, with people in the Secret Service, to organize them and ensure that they were on their side when they inevitably stole the U.S. election. Yeah. I mean, the big story that the Democrats are trying to sell is that Trump demanded to go to the Capitol where all of his supporters were, and the Secret Service refused to take him. Right. Now... Probably, I, find, mm -hmm. I would guess that those text messages probably had something to the, to, to the effect of if the president tries to do anything to stop this situation at the Capitol that we are going to intentionally make sure gets out of control, the Secret Service is our last line of defense to stop him and betray him and make sure that he can't act. Like, I'm sure these text messages and all were a bunch of people in Washington, D.C., in the Department of Defense, in the Pentagon, in the Capitol, in the Capitol Police, in the Secret Service, along with a bunch of Democrats and probably even a few anti-Trump Republicans, all coordinating together to ensure that Donald Trump and other his and friendly elements in the Capitol were on the back foot and paralyzed during the events of January 6th so that they could not do anything to stop either that Reichstag fire event or stop the counting of fraudulent ballots or and, and any of the other election meddling that we that we know happened it was essentially to paralyze them and make them unable to respond to any of those things and when the dust settled it was over for them there's nothing they could do yeah yeah no and i i think that that's exactly what we're going to find if we ever find these text messages which we likely will not there is, um, there are a couple of government watchdog groups that have, um, basically, initiated legal proceedings to tr recover these 
text messages and start investigations into how and why they were deleted. So at least there's that. Right. And, and I, like I said, I, I've seen some liberal news outlets pretend like this is somehow a smoking gun against Trump, which I just, that doesn't make any sense. Because the only, like I said, the only story that they have to go on is Trump was super mean to the Secret Service. Like, who gives a shit? Like, I, 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 yeah, the Secret Service wasn't driving him where he wanted to go in the event of a national crisis. Yeah. Like, these people say, it was a national, January 6th was a national crisis. You're like, okay, the president should have gone there then. Like, well, no, no, that would have been bad. So I'm glad the Secret Service stopped him. Yeah, Again, like, anything that's anything that these people think is good probably is really bad. It's probably <laughs> actually bad for us. So when they say, oh, it's so good that Trump didn't that was stopped by the Secret Service, I then respond with, oh, so clearly if Trump had shown up, you wouldn't have been able to pull off the nonsense that you did. Right. <clears throat> well, <clears throat> so sorry. Um, in in addition to that, uh I I want to I want to point out that there's um, sorry I lost my train of thought real quick. Um, okay. The the other the other aspect of a lot of this is when people try to discuss the whole like well why did the Secret Service tell Trump he couldn't go and they're like oh security reasons and X Y Z. It's so it makes zero sure. sense because um, like people like. Dan Bongino, for instance, who was a Secret Service agent, he shares a lot of stories about stuff he did when he was in the Secret Service. Now, 100%, there are absolutely a lot of security things that go on. Like, you aren't, when you're the President of the United States, you can't just flippantly do whatever you want. I mean, that is a very true statement. But when there's stories about, um, you know, Barack Obama driving down the road and stopping his uh, caravan to get out and buy lemonade from a lemonade stand. I'm calling bullshit on the idea that Donald Trump wouldn't be able to go to the capital of the United States. Yeah. In secure Washington, DC. And yeah, I'll, like, the only, yeah. it doesn't, it doesn't matter because the president, the president can just overrule the secret service and say, well, we're doing this, find a way to protect me. This is where I'm going. Like, what do you bet Trump was sitting there saying, take me there? And they were just like, no, Mr. President, we're not going to do that. He's, and then President, he had this realization of, oh, I've been betrayed. I've been betrayed by people in my inner circle. Shit. Mm-hmm. What do we do now? I mean, I'm, I think President, I think Trump was outmaneuvered on yeah. January 6th by, the, by these people plotting essentially a coup. And by the time he realized it, he, there was nothing left that could be done. He probably saw in the news and was like, oh, Jesus, like this January 6th thing is getting totally out of control. These sons of bitches. And I, I don't know. I just, none, none of the story makes sense. It, it hasn't made sense from day one. And the way it's being used and blown out of proportion by the Democrats, more than anything else, proves to me that it's all contrived nonsense. Yeah. No, I mean, and that that's 100% it, is there's, I, I guess to summarize kind of my, my theory on all of this is when I read that article by Darren Beatty, 
about the DNC pipe bomb and how weird it is that there was a Secret Service security detail for the vice president-elect of the United States that went to the DNC headquarters and didn't find this pipe bomb, which, by the way, is super goofy looking. It's an egg timer basically glued to a pipe, so it's probably bullshit and was fake anyway. But the point is, when when that news came out and it was like, look, man, like there's obviously something weird going on here, it clicked with me and I suddenly went, oh, now we know why we can't see the Secret Service text messages. So right. maybe I'll be right. Maybe I'll be proven wrong. But I have consistently held the position that the fact that we don't have those text messages from the Secret Service, from the DHS, from the DOD, that 100% says to me that those messages would hurt Democrats. Because there has yeah. never been a situation in Trump's America where Trump's been able to hide shit from anyone. His, his tax yeah. returns got leaked by the IRS, for Christ's sakes. Come on. There are so right. many gross little agents of the liberal world order. It's called the deep state. There was a whole thing about it. We constantly talked about the deep state. The deep state didn't suddenly turn around and start defending Trump. Get a, Come on. Obviously, there's something there. Of course. And it does need to get researched. And I think it's hilarious because there's so many liberals who think that there's going to be some big smoking gun against Trump. And it's going to probably blow up in their face. But we'll have to see. Maybe maybe I'm wrong. Probably not, though. Um, additionally, uh, there, there are some... Real, real quick, before I start diving into other stuff, Alan, I have to ask you, because I've gotten a little bit disjointed on the subjects here. Is there something that you want to bring up since we're, we're into the last hour? Maybe. <laughs> well, think about it a little bit. I'll dive into this this next uh, this next thing here, which is um, uh, Nan Nancy Pelosi decided that she had to go check up on her husband's investments and is probably going to start World War Three. So Pelosi decided that for some reason she was going to go visit Taiwan. Um, and you know, a lot of people wanted to bring this up is like, you know, you're going to Taiwan. China has basically said like, don't do this. It's going to cause a lot of problems. Uh, when it, it's going to cause a lot of problems, you know, when we start investigating it and, and all of this nonsense or sorry, it's going to cause a lot of problems because the Chinese are going to respond poorly. And this is going to obviously increase a lot of tension when it comes to, uh, Chinese, uh, Chinese and Taiwanese, uh, relations right now and saber rattling. And Nancy Pelosi was like, I don't care. I'm going to go, but this is how she defended her trip to Taiwan. U.S. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi has defended her high-profile visit to Taiwan earlier this week, claiming it was never intended to change the regional status quo, but rather to preserve peace in the Taiwan Strait. Speaking at a news conference in Tokyo on Friday, Pelosi addressed the Chinese military drills and missiles which went off around the island in the wake of her unannounced but highly anticipated visit. She further vowed not to isolate the self-ruled island claimed by Beijing. They may try to keep Taiwan from visiting or participating in other places, but they will not isolate Taiwan by preventing us to travel there. 
We've had high-level visits, senators in the spring, a bipartisan way, continuing visits, and we will not allow them to isolate Taiwan. My God, this woman's going to slur us into World War III. <laughs> no, it's it's um, it's it's so weird because what was the point of this trip? I, I don't know. I mean, so so there's there's two things. One would be what is the point of the trip in its initial conception? Why was she ever going to Taiwan? And then it would be why did she go to Taiwan after the Chinese started making threats? I understand why the why she would want to go to China Taiwan after the Chinese threatened and said she couldn't go because you can't yeah. really like not going would be capitulating to the Chinese. I can understand the geopo geopolitical game there. I don't understand why she was ever going to Taiwan, especially now, other than to get a private tour of an NVIDIA chip factory, which she heavily invested in after the U.S. government passed a chip manufacturing bill that gave that company a bunch of money. Well, 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 well real quick. And she also I, I invested just, in ahead of time. I, there you go. Yeah. She invested in before the government gave them a bunch yes. of money. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, she was checking on her. Um, yeah, she was checking on her insider trading. Um, <clears throat> well, in in addition to that, though, um, oh, <laughs> I'm going to tell everybody uh, a, a joke here, but um, mm -hmm. I'll get to it in a second. <clears throat> the uh, the funny part about this is that um, I think that there's a little bit of a break between Biden and Pelosi, in a sense. And that's because Biden is basically entirely owned by Beijing. There's zero way that Beijing doesn't have a bunch of dirt on Joe Biden and his son. Um, and their illicit dealings, the fact that China gave gave uh, Hunter like a billion dollars, like there's a lot going on there. That doesn't mean that Nancy Pelosi is not also owned by the Chinese. So there's always a lot of question here. What's fascinating is how... Um, people think it's some sort of weird win to talk about how there were all these quote China hawks during the Trump administration that are suddenly being sheepish because they're upset about Nancy Pelosi um, going to Taiwan and um, inflaming uh, tensions with China. And right. it's one of those perfect examples of how detached from reality Trump derangement has made liberals and GOP elite people because nobody was ever advocating for a war with China under the Trump administration. We were advocating for the United States to be more supreme than China in every single way. We right. wanted manufacturing brought back to the United States of America. Shockingly, Trump was right. We have a bunch of supply chain issues now because we're, oh yeah, beholden to China for all of our bullshit. Additionally, we wanted to make sure that China stopped expanding into the South China Sea. Amazingly, they're surrounding Taiwan now. Right. Right. And China has essentially a free hand to act because we are beholden to China. Yeah. And we, we put ourselves in that position by irresponsible policy 
that er people have been decrying ever since we started doing this. Can we divest from China right now? No, no, we can't. So we have to do it. We have to play nice with China. Mm -hmm. That is the political game we are now involved in with China is China has to be treated like a like a major player at the table because they have the ability to hurt us. Yeah. They can and, hurt us economically. They probably could even hurt us militarily if they wanted to. And, and that means this. they now have to be taken into consideration as a bigger player than Taiwan. Like the United States, this is what we people have talked about, the, the burgeoning multipolar world, where instead of the United States as a sole superpower, the United States is a power amongst powers where the United States no longer has a freedom to act, no longer has a free hand to do what we want in the world. We now have to moderate all of our actions because there are other players in the world that can possibly, that either that are trying to rise against us and have the potential to do so. And this is why right now it is imperative the United States now more than ever acts like it is a serious country run by serious adults, and we are doing the absolute opposite. We are acting like we are a clown country run by imbeciles. Well, in a time <clears throat> when it is absolutely the most critical that we operate responsibly and effectively with long-term strategies in mind. But we're not doing that. I think a lot of the Trump years was a attempt to do that and say, we need to increase America's standing in the world stage. We need to restart American industry. We need to work with the Chinese and make sure that they are not a threat. We need to work with Russia to make sure we can get deals. The whole Trump foreign policy was about, we need to make deals so that we are not do not have to overextend ourselves and make ourselves weak. And that's exactly what the, that's exactly what the neoliberal neocon foreign policy of the last I want to say 30 years has been all about ever since the 90s, the fall of Soviet Union. It was about Amer it started, I think, in the 90s was America will be the global American empire and we will control the world. That's the sole superpower. But then in the 2000s, I think especially starting starting under Bush and ramping up under Obama, that global American empire started to become more about ridiculous ideology and it just started collapsing under its own weight. And look at it now. What is, the, what is America's foreign policy other than make sure gay marriage can be legal in other countries and spread transgenderism worldwide? Make sure the American people are paying more for gas and, like, and have a lower standard of living while making sure that China can pollute as much as they want. Like It's this ridiculous schizophrenic foreign policy that is not being done by people not being done with the goal of a strong, cohesive, functional country now and 100 years from now. It's done simply to placate whatever the recent ideological trend is and make sure that the people at the World Economic Forum keep getting enriched and invested with more power. It's funny because you, you bring up that um, basically our policy is written by a bunch of children um, and yes. imbeciles. Uh, when so Nancy Pelosi just had a huge foreign policy situation, like regardless of how you want to feel about it. Um, she directly involved herself in foreign policy. So she is now being looked at when it comes to foreign policy decisions. Um, and just a couple of days ago, after s potentially almost slurring us into World War III, this is what Pelosi has to say about China. She said this, China heard this, 
This is this is the Speaker of the House who was just at a country in flaming tensions with a nuclear superpower. This is what she has to say. When I was a little girl, I was told at the beach if I dug a hole deep enough, we would reach China. So we've always felt a con connection there. When I was a little girl, I was told if I dug a hole deep enough, I would reach China. So I've always felt a connection there. What? What? You know, it, it, that's such a that's a ridiculous thing to say. That makes no sense. It's a dumb anecdote that a lot of people will recognize. When you were a kid, you were told that, and it's part of Looney Tunes cartoons and things like that. And so I don't want to like it is dumb to say, but I don't I don't want to actually get too upset about it because sometimes politicians try to say little anecdotes to make themselves seem human. The reason why I'm going to take exception to it is because Democrats would scream at the sky and lose their damn mind if any Republican said something even remotely like this. Sarah Palin has consistently been attacked and the liberal media retconned reality and got people to believe that Sarah Palin said she could see Russia from her backyard. You all have heard this and maybe you didn't know that it's completely untrue. Like completely untrue. In fact, it's a quote from Saturday Night Live. So oh. what really happened, Sarah Palin in an interview said, quote, there are next door neighbors and you can actually see Russia from land here in Alaska, from an island in Alaska, which is true. That's a hundred percent true. But then Tina Fey dressed up like Sarah Palin and said, I can see Russia from my backyard. And then Democrats said, Sarah Palin said that. Yeah. But then Nancy Pelosi in 2022, after doing something that resulted in ballistic missiles being fired over the Taiwanese people, for whatever reason, we don't know. We still have no idea why the hell she did this. We have no idea what fruits came out of this visit. We have zero clue what the point of this trip was. We have zero clue. Now, did this trip- I remember trip when Trump was going to start World War III. Oh, that yeah. That was such a big, bad problem. And I all mean, it resulted in was, was agreements and treaties that were unheard of. <clears throat> right, right, what, right. Now, but, but what happens- when Biden gets involved internationally, Ukraine gets invaded. Do you have, like, I, wa I want you people to think about something. Now, like sometimes military things occur and I'm not an anti-interventionist, but I can sympathize having been in a war. I will tell you that right now, everything that Nancy Pelosi did, I, I have no, like I said, I, I don't know what we got out of this as a country. I have no idea what, what good is going to come from this. And maybe some will, but I will tell you what's happening right now. Taiwanese people are asking the question of what do we do when the Chinese ships land? That is what Nancy mm -hmm. Pelosi did. And sometimes that's necessary. Sometimes we have to make hard decisions. 
but the Democrat party and the Biden administration has never done these things and been able to turn around and say that was good for America. That has not happened, at least not in decades, at least not since I've been alive. I'm telling you, Taiwanese, you guys want to talk about the poor civilians in Ukraine? Imagine being the Taiwanese right now. Imagine being a Taiwanese child. Imagine being a Taiwanese parent who just watched missiles get launched over your city because Nancy Pelosi wanted to go tour a chip factory and wanted to get some Mm -hmm. PR. That's what's happening. And it's a simple question. Is this good for America? Because it's bad for the Taiwanese people. Because I'm telling you, America's not going to respond the way you think it is. If China starts violating the sovereignty of Taiwan more aggressively, we are not going to rush full scale into a war immediately. It's simply not going to happen. I'm not saying that we can't, and I'm not saying that there aren't guarantees that we will. I'm saying that Joe Biden is going to diddle dick around and screw this up like he has every other foreign engagement so far. And additionally, he's compromised by Beijing. The commander in chief of the armed forces has a son who has been funded by the communist Chinese party. You know that thing that they accuse Trump of? It's real with Joe Biden. Yep. Anyway. Very true. Now, speaking of the global American empire, the neoliberal establishment and neocon warhawks, let's talk about Liz Cheney, who Alan accidentally called Meghan McCain, and I almost spit my coffee out. (laughs) Oh, my God. I mean, is there any really difference? (laughs) No, and I've never really thought about it until now. And I'm like, oh my God, she is Megan McCain. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> That's so fantastic. I know it was unintentional because, you know, you're you're always thinking about other things that might come up and you're trying to dig and, and think about stuff that's come up in the news. But the fact that you mistook Megan McCain and Liz Cheney is so hilarious in how closely accurate it actually is, especially because Megan McCain's a neocon piece of garbage too. Yeah. Like very much birds of a feather in that comparison. So um, Liz Cheney's about to lose her primary, um, which by the way, actually real quick, before we dive into Liz Cheney, I, I actually have to bring this up. Um, the primaries happened and my God, um, the, the never Trumpers, the David French's, the Eric Erickson's and the bill crystals had a real rough go in these primaries. I mean, it is just, it was, it was a slaughter. Um, Trump backed candidates. Once once again, Donald Trump is having a hell of a winning streak, even though, so there's never been a 100% winning streak in political endorsements. It's never happened. Um, But for the few primary losses that of Donald Trump's endorsements, you would think 
that normally politicians get 100%. I don't know. I haven't crunched the numbers necessarily. But I honestly, I cannot recall a politician that has dominated, especially in primary races like this. Um, I can't recall a politician uh, who has influenced so many primary races to winning. The last time that I can think of it was back when, hilariously, let's talk about uh, Sarah Palin again, was back when Sarah Palin was being referred to as the kingmaker because she had such a success rate in primaries. People she endorsed uh, in the primaries during 2012 did exceedingly well. I don't know if she if she had a better uh, if she had a better result than Trump did. But point point is, um, there were a lot of good wins in the primaries. One of the craziest ones is there's still a bunch of nightmarish things happening when it comes to voting, which put a lot of people on the edge of their seat. Maricopa County was still messed up. There are still a lot of people that feel like there's some nonsense that's going to be pulled by the Democrats because let's be honest, if you were a Democrat, you thought that, oh my goodness, uh, you know, there's a threat to democracy out there. If these Republicans no. win, it's a threat to democracy. Why, why wouldn't you? Uh, why, why wouldn't you steal an election? Yeah. Like at the end of the day, that's it. At the end of the day, that is, that it's, it's as simple as that. Um, either Democrats are full of shit when they call everybody a threat to democracy, or they absolutely would steal an election and justify it because they think that it's a threat to democracy. It's just simple as that. Like, that's the entire background. The Democrat rhetoric is the reason why people think that they would steal an election. It's that freaking simple. So either Democrats come out and say, okay, guys, the whole threat to democracy thing is actually just kind of a bunch of bullshit and it's sort of our anger and rage. We're sorry. Or we're going to think that you're going to steal an election because why wouldn't you if you thought it was a threat to democracy? That's it. It's that simple, guys. Anyway. Yeah. So it's a week from Tuesday. Liz Cheney is going to be running. Um, she has a primary opponent in Wyoming. Uh, she's not doing well in the polls because uh, she decided to side with Democrats um, and consistently spits all over um, spits all over her own voters. We played a CNN, a hilarious uh, CNN clip last week of all of these people being asked if they were going to support Liz Cheney and like CNN literally couldn't find anyone. The day after we played that clip on the show, Liz Cheney found one supporter. And it was Kevin Costner because nothing says I'm a real conservative like shit lib Hollywood liberal endorsed me. Yeah. <laughs> like this is the most tone deaf and stupid campaign I have ever seen. And she did something even I thought the Kevin Costner thing was bad. I was like, man, whoever's invite. I even said it on Twitter. Whoever is advising her needs to be fired because this was the most dumb shit political move you could have come up with shit lib Hollywood guy is like it's he played cowboys in movies guys. It's like Liz, have you ever actually even lived in Wyoming, the state you represent or are you just so caught up in your DC bubble that you're this stupid? Because that's what it was. I, 
It was he. Pl- he plays a cowboy on the TV box. Yeah, that was ridiculous. And then it's like, what? I can, and you know where that came from. Somebody advising her says like, well, all of these red state people really like the show Yellowstone. You should get the guy who's the star of that show to endorse you, and they'll clap like seals. Yeah, it was so disrespectful to the people of Wyoming. Yeah. It was just so incredibly disrespectful to the people of Wyoming. It's disgusting. But then it got worse. She trotted her dad out, Dick Cheney, and had him do a little campaign commercial for her. But it's super weird because it wasn't for her. It, oh. it 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 was Dick Cheney bitching about Donald Trump, which makes zero sense. Because last I checked, is Donald Trump running in Wyoming? Was was I like not aware of this? I, I don't know. I, I, is Trump running in any election right now? No. But but oh. this this is this is what Dick Cheney had to say uh, in a campaign commercial for his daughter. In our nation's 246-year history, there has never been an individual who is a greater threat to our republic than Donald Trump. He tried to steal the last election using lies and violence to keep himself in power after the voters had rejected him. He is a coward. A real man wouldn't lie to his supporters. He lost his election, and he lost big. I know it, he knows it, and deep down, I think most Republicans know it. Lynn and I are so proud of Liz for standing up for the truth doing what's right, honoring her oath to the Constitution, when so many in our party are too scared to do so. Liz is fearless. She never backs down from a fight. There is nothing more important she will ever do than lead the effort to make sure Donald Trump is never again near the Oval Office. Dude, you're going to lose every fucking vote in Wyoming with this nonsense. And additionally... Your daughter is working with people who wanted you tried for war crimes. Huh. Seriously. That's, I, I remember when all of these liberals were called, yeah, were saying Dick Cheney was evil. He was the Antichrist. He runs Halliburton. He's a monster. He's he a was war the sh- criminal. He was the shadow president. Yeah, yeah. He was, he was relentlessly lampooned oh wait 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 wait, wait. just like we see with bush by the way president bush former president george w bush under trump was cavorting with barack obama and playing up nice with all of these celebrities and other democrat politicians who were vicious to him when he was president and it shows that all of this is a game to those people and it's they're not serious about any of it um, need I remind everybody also that uh, Dick Cheney was accused by all of the Democrats of stealing the 2000 election. Yeah. And also yeah. accused of stealing the 2000 and uh, sorry, the, the 2004 election. There were people who refused to certify 
the 2000 election. There were people who refused to certify the 2004 election. And then they tried to have you charged with war crimes. They tried to have your administration impeached. Great. Yeah. You giant piece of garbage. Are you freaking kidding me right now? All they're doing yeah. is the same shit that they did against it. By the way, there are liberals hailing Dick Cheney. Every Democrat yeah. in America right now should be ashamed of themselves. Your party is celebrating Dick Cheney. How does that make you feel? How does that make you feel? There are so many of what Alan loves to call NPR Americans right now who have no idea what to do with their hands because for decades, if there was one thing that they knew, it was that George W. Bush was evil and Dick Cheney was literally the devil himself. Yeah. But now they're supposed to clap. He's a hero. Pathetic. Yeah, so we're going to trot him back out. And then a bunch of people are going to vote for Liz Cheney. No. It's so I, absolutely pathetic. Disgustingly you, pathetic. It has to be a case of some ridiculous echo chamber you're in. Because can you imagine? You're, you're a Dem Republican voter in Wyoming. Mm-hmm. You watched what happened to Trump the four years he was in office. So to, let's start with that. You support if you are a Wyoming, I'd say the vast majority of Wyoming Wyomingans probably were pro-Trump. Seventy percent, seventy percent. Okay, in the last election. In the last election, well, at the very least, you were like, "Hi, hey, Republican president." I like, I like Republican presidents. Didn't like that Obama guy because he was a Democrat. And at the let's say at the very lowest level, it was that. There's no way that all of those Wyomings didn't watch what happened to Trump over four years and the screeching insanity of his opposition, which was always truly aimed at red state Americans and Trump was just their avatar. They didn't see all that and go and think, wow, I should definitely want, I definitely want those people to win. They didn't go through the COVID lockdowns and all that nonsense. Then they've now had to watch Biden screw up the country wreck foreign policy and they're all paying a shitload of for gas right now guess what guess what's a major industry in wyoming the oil industry guess what industry has been very negatively affected by joe biden's policy specifically but was very what was promoted under trump's policies the oil industry there is a high high likelihood that every, a lot of people in wyoming are have had the illusion broken and are very, very angry with the current trajectory of the country. And it is absolutely insane for me to think that anyone would make this ad and look at the situation and think, what do Wyoming's want to hear? Ah, they'll definitely agree with me that Trump's a piece of crap. That's a, just from an advertising perspective, that shows that you are not only incredibly disconnected with your audience, but you're so disconnected, you can't even... You can't even forecast how they might be thinking about things. I don't have to be, go to Wyoming to make a pretty good educated guess that attacking Trump is not going to play well with the majority of Wyoming voters. But somehow these people thought it was. 
they're clearly incredibly disconnected if they think these things work. Yeah, I just, it, it, the voters of Wyoming remember like Dick Cheney from 1979 to 1989 was a representative for Wyoming. And then he served as like the uh, um, secretary of defense. He's obviously did several other things. And then he became the vice president of the United States. So people of Wyoming saw one of their people become the vice president. They sat there through the entire Bush administration, listening to the left demonize Dick Cheney and have a bazillion different. um, Well, and by the way, sorry, that's the other thing. Like Wyoming's small. It is entirely possible that people personally know that a lot, a far higher percentage of people personally know the Cheneys in the state of Wyoming than any other situation in any other in any other state in the country because of how small Wyoming is population wise. But the point that I'm making here is they sat through Democrats trying to investigate and basically jail Dick Cheney and probably fought like hell for him then. And we're probably sitting there during the hunting accident where everybody tried to basically say that Dick Cheney tried to murder a guy and all this other nonsense. They fought like hell for that only to turn around and watch his daughter join that group. That's how Wyoming voters see it. I don't know how you're so stupid not to see how that, how that is going to be perceived. Your daughter joined the mob that wanted to lynch you. And now you're turning around and saying how she's a hero for it. Voters in the United States of America don't see whatever weird creepiness you people see. What they see is the Democrat Party versus the Republican Party. Because that's how it is for them. And you are on the wrong side. Mm -hmm. It's just that simple. It's insane. Yeah, it's really bizarre. But it but it, it does prove a point. Liz Cheney does not represent the voters of Wyoming because she's so detached that she thinks this shit would work. Yeah. You like regardless of the January 6th stuff, regardless of, you know, the accusations that she basically is committing treason against the United States because she's supporting this witch hunt, whatever, take all of that away. She certainly should not be representing the voters of Wyoming because she is so, she is so detached from the reality of what is going on in everyday Wyoming that she would just make a garbage uh, representative. It's just that simple. Yeah. And I, I just, I, I don't, I don't know any, anything else that I can say about it. She has basically proven that she does not represent the voters of Wyoming. And I'm glad that they're going to vote her out a week from Tuesday. Me too. And she, she deserves it. <laughs> and by the way, all of those liberals that are shilling for how much of a hero she is, they're going to forget who she is two months from now. Because she's going to have outgrown her usefulness and everyone's just going to move on and it's going to be like, Liz who? What? Huh? That is unless she becomes like an MSNBC contributor or something, but she probably won't. She's just, it, it's funny because like there's an awful lot of cope going on about how she's always going to be remembered as a historic hero who stood up for democracy. 
Like, yeah, pe- people who write that don't believe that. Like, get out of here. Like, come on. <laughs> yes. Like, that's very silly. Speaking of heroes for democracy, um, let's talk about the uh, hero of the greatest democracy, even a better democracy than the United States. I mean, we mm-hmm. should own, we should live to, we should strive to live by the example of Vladimir Zelensky, hero of democracy for all, literally Captain America himself. Yeah. Um, uh, so Amnesty International recently released a report that was very critical of the Ukraine and the Zelensky presidency. One of the major things in this report that Amnesty International verified on the ground was that Ukrainian forces routinely set up military, I guess, bases and military, um, oh, shoot, what am I looking for? Positions, pardon me. Amnesty International report revealed Ukrainian forces routinely set up military positions in residential areas, including schools and hospitals, and launch attacks from populated civilian areas. So the quotes in the some of the bigger quotes from the Amnesty International report are such violations in no way justify Russia's indiscriminate attacks, which have killed and injured countless civilians. But they did note, so they they tried to caveat it with like, well, you are under attack, but still. Some of the things in this report essentially were like that they are intentionally doing, they are intentionally putting their own civilians in harm's way as a shield against Russian aggression. And they basically, this violates international humanitarian law and endangers civilians. Uh, so here's another quote. We have documented a pattern of Ukrainian forces putting civilians at risk and violating the laws of war when they operate in populated areas. Being in a defensive position does not exempt the Ukrainian military from international humanitarian law. Um, Testimonies and satellite imagery. So they sent a bunch of investigators to the Ukraine uh, and they interviewed survivors, talked with attacks, looked at a bunch of satellite imagery. They reveal Ukrainian forces based themselves in civilian villages in 19 towns and villages. Uh, They of 20, 22 out of 29 schools in frontline areas had at least one. They found as evidence of uh, Ukrainian armed forces presence. And the report concluded that the Ukrainians need to immediately ensure that it locates its forces away from populated areas or it should evacuate civilians from areas where the military is operating. Militaries should never use hospitals to engage in warfare and should only use schools or civilian homes as a last resort when there are no viable alternatives and the civilian occupants have been evacuated. So, oh, and I just missed this. Five separate hospitals in two different cities were being used by Ukrainian military for shelter and as a base where they would fire at Russian positions. Additionally, this report accused the Zelensky regime of disappearing journalists, of torturing prisoners, of a whole litany of other war crimes that that these Amnesty International investigators uncovered. Well, of course, this has led to the Zelensky, uh, President Zelensky, calling Amnesty International terrorists. (laughs) Quote, today we saw a report by Amnesty International, which unfortunately tries to tries to amnesty the terrorist state and shift responsibility from the aggressor to the victim. If someone makes a report that puts the aggressor and the victim on the same level, this cannot be tolerated. 
Ukraine is the victim, and anyone who doubts this is an accomplice of Russia, a terrorist country, and are a terrorist themselves for participating in these killings. Ah, any criticism of Ukraine is Russian disinformation. Yeah. What is also interesting about this, is just a quick aside, is the only other media outlet, so the, or one of the only media outlets that has been running numerous stories on exactly what the U Amnesty International was investigating, which is the Ukrainian military using Ukrainian civilians as shields, was InfoWars. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. it took me a second. I was like, wait, uh, oh. Yeah, yeah Alex, mean, Jones, Alex Jones and InfoWars <laughs> are one of the only or news organizations that has published numerous reports that this was indeed going on and they have now been vindicated by NSD International. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, we've obviously, well, we haven't brought up necessarily the human rights stuff, but that's because I have, um, I have zero Screw Amnesty International. Let me just start there. Like they're they're a garbage uh, non-governmental organization. But it is hilarious to see them. It's weird because they're all kind of part of the whole like liberal world order. But for some reason, the liberal world order, at least factions within it, are turning on Zelensky. Now um, we're running a little short on time here, but um, there's actually news reports. CBS is releasing a documentary or has released a documentary where they're highlighting the fact that only 30% of the billions upon billions upon billions upon billions upon billions of dollars and weapons that have been donated to the Ukrainians from the United States, um, only 30% of it is actually making it to its final destination. Why? Because Ukraine's corrupt, like we've been saying for months. But why is the liberal media, why are liberal organizations like Amnesty International suddenly turning on Zelensky? I think it's simple because Ukraine's going to lose and everybody knows it and they're trying to back out. Yeah. We, from the onset of the conflict, we have stated that there is zero way that Ukraine makes it out of this. They're going mm -hmm. to at least lose territory to Russia. Ukraine just cannot fight against Russia unless NATO literally mobilizes against Russia and they will not do that. We have stated that. We were called conspiracy theorists. We were called pro-Russians. We are merely people who deal in facts. Right. And that was a fact. Now, it's strange because all the libs are suddenly turning against Zelensky and maybe this is, and it could be a number of reasons, but I think ultimately it's because a lot of these liberal groups are going to try to distance themselves from Zelensky and hopefully kind of make this news story die away because when Ukraine loses, what are they going to do? Uh, I don't know. <clears throat> I think that's why we're, because it wasn't just this Amnesty International report. There was a couple other things coming out recently that are seemingly bizarrely anti-Zelensky from American mainstream media. And it gives me this feeling like you like the situation Ukraine's about to go south either they sign a peace agreement with an armistice with Russia or something and they need to set the groundwork for well we never really liked Zelensky much anyway 
Well, and I, I do, I do think that some of it was, you know, they were getting a lot of mileage out of the virtue signaling of like, oh, democracy, oh, like big mean Russia. But like, let's be honest, and we've talked about this, and like you said, there are some some uh, you know news organizations that were pointing this out. Um, there is the reality that Zelensky shut down all opposition parties. Zelensky was jailing journalists. Zelensky was jailing his political opposition. He did take away any. Uh, independent media in his country. He is being a dictator. Now, maybe there's some justification for that when you're, you know, currently have a country uh, rolling in, you know, rolling into your territory. There can be justifications for that. And I think it's stupid when there's organizations like Amnesty International that are like, hey guys, it's okay if you fight a war and kill millions of people as long as you do it the quote, legal way. Right, right. Like we can all have, like there are certainly some uh, so some things to be said there, but the fact that this report got out and was not suppressed does tell you something. Because Amnesty International, not entirely maybe, but does play politics. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, they absolutely do, and they play politics for the globalists. Yeah. So the yeah, like I, if you if you notice that Amnesty International never says anything about. Um, Things like the January 6th folks who have been sitting in basically cruel and unusual confinement for the last year. Yeah, the political prisoners who are being treated farly, far worse than Brittany Griner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, but that's because they're on the wrong side. And apparently now, so Zelensky. Now he's not on our side. I just don't know what side he's on. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Now, and, and part of this could also just be, honestly, it could just be a reaction from the dumbass PR stunt of, oh, my poor country's under attack for the big evil Russians who are just like killing all of my poor people. Uh, and then they turn around and uh, get uh, their picture taken in vogue. Yeah. Well, and it's also known that there have been repeated attempts for, by the Russians to have some sort of armistice or ceasefire agreement and they have and those and those attempts have been torpedoed either by the Zelensky regime the United States or the UK or the uh UK United Kingdom yeah so like this war has only been going on by efforts from the Ukrainian side Russia has has multiple times offered uh ceasefires and, and armistices to end the fighting but because through US pressure British pressure or the Ukraine government itself the fighting has continued. Yeah. Well, any thoughts on uh, where this is going to go, or uh, or do do you do you think that uh, they're going to allow Zelensky to run off to his millions dollar mansion? And where is it, Miami? You know, I I think it is. Yeah, I think he's got a million dollar mansion in Miami. I know that he he's got some somewhere. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Zelensky is a millionaire. Zelensky's a millionaire oligarch. He's owned by billionaire oligarchs. It's like there's nothing about the man that's genuine. Yeah, he's what we call a lesser oligarch. <laughs> yeah. Um <laughs> sorry. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Well, uh, you know, we're, we're down to the last minute here, but uh, there is something I want to say is like throughout throughout the week, um, you're going to see a lot of celebration in an attempt to rehabilitate uh, Joe Biden's uh, damaged and garbage image. 
um, because of how poor the economy is doing and the fact that we're in a recession, regardless of how much you want to lie about it. Um, but just a part, the most egregious example of this that I want to see everybody try to push back against is uh, Joe Biden raised gas prices by 100%. They have since decreased 13%, and he wants you to tell him thank you. Oh. So just remember that he wants you to thank him uh, for disastrous prices. But that's going to be it for us this week. Be sure to go to subscribestar.com to check out uh, forward slash wrong pick radio and check out our show notes. And of course, um, you know, don't forget to share this on social media. And as always, uh, feel free to message us on Twitter or send us an email contact at wrongthinkradio.com. I'm Aaron from the East Coast. I'm out from West Coast. This is Wrong Think Radio. See you all next week.